Get ready to jumpstart your scientific career with practical advice on being a successful and contented scientist. Each episode of the Happy Scientist podcast delivers hands-on, actionable steps you can take to ensure you stay happy, focused, and satisfied in the lab. Available on all popular podcast platforms, hit the subscribe button and start your journey towards a more fulfilling scientific career. the happy scientist podcast each episode is designed to make you more focused more productive and more satisfied in the lab you can find us online at bitesizebio.com slash happy scientist your hosts are kenneth Vogt, founder of the executive coaching firm vera claritas and dr nick oswald phd bioscientist and founder of bite size bio Hello and welcome to the Happy Scientist podcast from Bite Size Bio. If you want to become a happier, healthier and more productive scientist, you are in the right place. I'm Nick Oswald, the founder of BitesizeBio.com and with me, the driving force of this podcast, it's Kenneth Vogt. I've worked with Ken for over seven years now with him as my business mentor and colleague and I knew that his expertise could help a lot of researchers and that's how the Happy Scientist was born. In these sessions, we'll hear mostly from Ken on principles that will help shape you for a happier and a more successful career. Along the way, I'll pitch in with points from my personal experience as a scientist and from working with Ken. And today, we'll be talking about the difference between choosing and deciding. So let's bring in the man himself. Kenneth, how are you today? Doing great, Nick. How are you? I'm good. So I want to... I want to go straight to the elephant in the room. When you listen to that title, the difference between choosing and deciding, he says, are you thinking, those are synonyms. They mean exactly the same thing. What could, what is he talking about? <laughs> well, <laughs> this is the thing about, about language. <laughs> we can use language to communicate or we can use language to obfuscate. <laughs> that is the problem with words. They, the, you know, you, Nick, could have a meaning for a word, and I could have a completely different meaning. So, like, I, I, I'll give you an example of something. Um, the Two words, happy and joyful. Now, some people would say those are, mean the same thing. Now, some people would say, oh, no, they're completely different. Happiness is based on conditions, whereas joy is, is doesn't matter what the conditions are. And then somebody else would say, oh, I agree with that concept completely, except I use the words in the exact opposite. That is, that joy requires conditions and happiness doesn't. And you're like, oh, man, how, how are we ever going to communicate with each other with, with the, the burden of the English language? <laughs> this, this million word language that, uh, that is, it's, its purpose is precision. You know, there's, there's a, over three times as many words as the next biggest language. And, and yet we still have trouble getting things across. So here's, and I have an answer for you on how to do that. It's to make an agreement about definitions. Now I realize you can't get the whole world to agree on any word, but whoever you're communicating with, if you can set a, you know, just set a baseline, like, look, we're all going to agree that when we say this, this is what we mean. And that's what we're going to do today when it comes to the difference between 
decisions and choices. And I mean all the words we use of this. So there's decision and choice. There's decide and choose. You know, the verbs or the, the nouns. I, I, we're going to lay down a definition for both of these things. And we're going to point out the difference between them. And we're going to point out the difference of why it matters. Now, the fact is, is that you're going through your career and, and you have to make both decisions and choices. There's, there's, there are things that have to be determined. And that applies to both of these, these concepts. And it's a big part of your job. And even if you're not a manager, you are actually responsible for a lot of these, these particular determinations. And because, you know, you are at the very least managing yourself. You know, you're, you're, you're not a fry cook at McDonald's. So <laughs> there's, there's a lot more going on in your world. And I know sometimes you may feel like, I don't know, I feel like the, the guy making fries has got more leeway than me. But it's not true. You're, cutting your, you're, you're being too hard on yourself. There's, there's a lot there that you have to do with this. So let's break this down. I'm going to start with decisions because decisions are the, the things you encounter the most. Decision is what I would call a data-driven activity. So what happens is, you know, you look at the facts that are available to you. And then based on processing those facts, you determine the best thing to do. That's how you, that's how you decide. You look at the facts. Okay, I want to make breakfast um but we don't have any eggs but we do have milk and we have cheerios okay i guess i'll have cereal that's a decision you looked at the facts and just and said well you know i can't make bacon and eggs because i don't have any eggs so i guess i'll have cereal so what's happened here in this setting is the data is in charge in other words if you looked at that data we have no eggs we have milk and cereal I'm having eggs. That that would look like a crackpot decision. So like you wouldn't be allowed to make that decision because because when it comes to deciding, you're not actually in charge. And that could be a little disturbing when you first realize it. When you realize it's it's the data that's in charge. Because what if you don't have good data? What if you don't have enough data? What if the data you have isn't appropriate to the decision you need to make? You know, it, it, it can get pretty messy. So what if it was just, I told you we didn't have any eggs and I told you we have milk and cereal. And so you make your decision, but actually we do have eggs. Oh, wow, you would have preferred to have eggs, but you didn't have the, the correct information. What if I deliberately deceive you because I wanted to have the eggs and I didn't want you to have them. So I did. I told you there weren't any eggs. Well, now <laughs> you've made a decision that really went against your own desires and, and you got manipulated by somebody at the same time. Um, what if I came to you and I told you we have lunch meat and we have pork chops. What do you want for breakfast? And you're like, wow, I don't do either of those for breakfast. Um, I don't know. You know, <laughs> okay, I gave you data, but it wasn't. It didn't help you with your decision. And now, now 
you seem incapable of making a decision because you don't have enough data. Um, so how do you get yourself out of that situation? Well, if you want to make good decisions, you're going to gather data. You're going to, you're going to, and you're going to validate that data. You're going to make sure it's useful. It's going to be, get out of my way. I'll look in the fridge myself. Aha, eggs, you know, <laughs> you know, so now you know what's what, and you can make a better decision. <clears throat> so I will ask you, Nick, does all that make sense to you in regards to decisions? It does make sense. And this is a thing that, you know, you've talked to, we've talked a lot about and, um, I do triple. I I do find it quite dense, but I it's very useful once you get your head around it. So I would just encourage people to listen on, <laughs> and yeah. and and let this sink in because it, it's a really useful distinction. Yeah, and I and I want to. I something I really want to do. I want to have you nervous about this notion that when it comes to making decisions, you're not in charge. The inf the data is in charge. You thought you were making decisions, but you're not. Because you'd look like an idiot if you ignored the data and then made a decision that went against what the data recommends, right? Now, I know you've all been in situations like this where you've, you've been engaged in you know, doing experiments and you've gotten data and it just feels wrong. You feel like I really should be drawing a different conclusion here. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to make the decision that is being demanded by this data. And whether that's happening to you in the lab or that's happening to you in, other, in a broader life, it's happened to all of us. We've had this just this nagging notion that this isn't right. Well, here's what you were, what you were aching to do at that point. You were. You were aching to make a choice. Now, a choice is different than a decision in its outcome and its process. It's not different in its environment, though, because just like with decisions, there's data available and it behooves you to go get it. See, because when you're making a choice, well, what do you need? You need to know what your options are. So. Because when it comes down to making a choice, you choose between your options. So you have to know what the options are. Um, <clears throat> now, options, of course, are not all equal. Sometimes some options are downright odious. And you're like, well, I know that's an option, but I sure don't want to go that way. Other times there are options that are just compelling. They just, they're just, just trying to vamp you they're calling your name they want you you know <laughs> you, uh, choices can be very emotional choices aren't based on the data it doesn't and uh, and when it comes to your options even though some options are more compelling than others some are stronger and some are weaker the thing about options is if it's an option it's available so you know you've made a choice when you chose among your options. When somebody asks you, why did you do that? If you start telling them all the data, well, then you made a decision. But if it was actually a choice, the only answer to that is because I could. You know, why on earth did you do that? Because I could. It was one of my options. I've heard this described as someone approaches you with 
two bowls of ice cream, one chocolate and one vanilla. And they hold them out in front of you and they say, vanilla or chocolate? Choose. And you go, okay. I'll take chocolate. And they go, why? And if you launch into, because I like chocolate, because my mom always had chocolate, because chocolate is better, it's like, okay, you didn't choose. You made a decision. Vanilla or chocolate? Choose. I'll have vanilla. Why? Because I can. That's it. That's the difference between a choice and a decision. So, clear as mud, Nick? <laughs> yeah, and so I guess that the, the, what this whole thing is driving at is that sometimes it's important to know that sometimes what you're making, you know, you, you start off with, as I tend to still think, even though that you, I have this distinction, but that a choice and a decision is the same thing. And sometimes you agonize over a choice, um, <laughs> even though, you know, or, or sometimes it, it seems like when you're trying to make a choice that it's difficult to do. Well, right, because what, that's the beauty of decisions. Like, I can rest on the data with a choice because it's so open. Holy cow, there's nothing to grab onto. It's not, uh, yeah, it's not A plus you know, A plus B equals C, we're done. <laughs> I, I know that it can work the other way around, though, that um, you're trying to make a database decision on something which is just a choice. And it can, that can take take a long time. <laughs> sure. And, by the way, it causes you to make a poor choice. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the, the whole idea here, then, is that how are we going to do this? When I first discovered this concept, I, I was a hardcore decision maker and I was good at it. You know, I'm a, I'm a computer scientist by background. I love data. I, you know, I like that there is a computed answer. That was, that was perfect for me. And then I, then I was uh, shown this possibility that of choices. And I thought, wow, this is, when I finally got it, it's like, this is far superior. I'm no longer shackled to the data. I can, I can, now I can expand everything. I can create anything. Anything is possible. And I wanted to switch over to all choices. And I thought choices were superior to decisions, but they're not. They're, neither are they inferior. But there's a time when a choice is appropriate, and there's a time when a desire, or when a decision is appropriate. So the question then is, how do you know? Is it choice time or is it decision time? So let me lay, lay down some framework for that. You really shouldn't make a lot of choices, not relative to decisions. Decisions, there should be a zillion decisions every day, and most of them are pretty easy. And your decision-making uh, apparatus is going to be easier if you've made good choices prior to that. So let me give you an example. If you've made the choice to eat healthy, well, based on that choice, the decisions about what food you bring into the house are pretty easy. You know, you, you, you pick up that, that large bag of, of, you know, chili corn chips 
and you look at it and go, yeah, I already made the choice to eat healthy. I don't need to think about this too hard. <laughs> and Or you pick up the broccoli, and it's easy. You know, you know what to do now. Now your decisions are simpler. Whereas before, you went to the grocery store, and like, I don't know how to decide. Should I decide based on what, what's healthy? Should I decide about what's tasty? Should I decide about what makes me feel good? Should I decide about what grandma used to give me? You know, what, what's it going to be? So your choice actually narrowed the field for you so that you could look at a more um, appropriate set of data when it, when it comes to, to decision-making time. Like what you're hearing? Ready to supercharge your scientific career? Discover practical advice on what it takes to be a successful scientist without sacrificing happiness. Learn the importance of meeting your human needs, identifying and unlocking your charisma factors, discovering your core mindsets, and much more. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack and get started on your journey to becoming a happier scientist today. Subscribe now and check the show notes to download. Yeah, so so that's a really important distinction there straight away. You know, give yourself that pointer first. Get clear on what's the difference between a choice and decision. Decision is based on data. Choice is what you feel. And yeah. but that distinction that um, that you should make more decisions than choices is really useful rule of thumb. I think. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> and, and you know what this also does is it doesn't it it can be a burden making choices all the time because the problem with that is that you're re-examining things every time. Do I still want to be healthy? Do I still want to be healthy? Do I still want to be healthy? You know, you, if you're constantly revisiting that choice, it can be pretty stressful. Well, that's and, cool. Yeah. Do I want to run today, or do yeah, I need to run today? Yes, you do. <laughs> If it's on the schedule that's keeping you healthy, you do. So there, the data says yes. So it doesn't matter how you feel. It's it's the that the data says go. So the decision is go. Right. And 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 you think about how much time and energy you waste making choices again when you should just be making a decision. And it would be an easy decision. Yeah, running's on the calendar. Done. I go. Whereas if it's choice time, now I got to do this. Like, do I feel like it? How much good will I get out of that? Is this a day I could take off? Could this be the cheat day I've been hoping for? You know, all that stuff that would be surround surrounding making a choice. You know, don't make a choice then. <laughs> you you've made your choice, and and the the other thing about choices, choices are commitments, and commitments are really good things. Now a lot of people are afraid of commitment. But commitments, they take a lot of pressure off you. They, they put some structure around things. And they, they allow you to, to have all that time back where, that you would have been wasting reconsidering the same things over and over and over again. Once you've decided that, or I'm sorry, once you've chosen that one thing, it's done. You don't have to worry about it. Now, I'm not saying that you can never reverse a choice. You can't. I mean, there, there may be times in your life when you decide it is time to make that very important step of reversing a choice. You know, maybe you've decided I'm not having any children and then 10 years into your marriage, you look into your wife's eyes and go, you know what? I think we can do this. <laughs> you know, all right, fine. <laughs> you make a new choice. Um, but that shouldn't happen that often. You shouldn't be making new choices all the time. 
it's, you know, especially if it's altering a past choice. So, you know, we've talked here then about how choices will inform your decisions because they create a structure, but it also works in reverse. And decisions support your choices. So when when you decide to once again show up for work on time, it it, <laughs> it helps your career. You know, and that's why you cho- that's why you made that choice. You know, I'm going to be reliable, and and I'm going to be somebody they can count on uh, at the office. And now, now there you are, being that person, and continually making small decisions along the way that are now supporting that one choice you made. And you look down the road, and you realize when I chose to be reliable, when I chose to be professional, when I chose to be the, the person who will put his hand up when they're looking for volunteers, when I chose to um, take protocol seriously, when I chose to be an example to, to uh, younger subordinates, when I chose to be a mentor to younger subordinates, all of those things are feeding into a career that's going to expand and that you're going to be far more satisfied with and enjoy more. So I've left Nick dumbfounded back there. <laughs> I'm just in agreement with what you say, everything you say. I mean, I think that, again, just just uh, opening your eyes up to the fact that there's a distinction between these two things is um, is highly useful in getting used to what the distinction is. Yeah. And uh, so then, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, and then and then applying it so that you you know you realize that. Um, Again, for me, it's that you see that that you're making that you 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 waste so much energy making choices that uh, are actually decisions, so they should be set in stone because they're fixed. You know, a decision should be fixed based on what is right and wrong based on the data, and keep continuing to revisit those things causes all sorts of problems. For sure. So here's something you can do. You've already been making choices and decisions in your life. Is you can do a little postmortem on this and look at things and say, was that a decision or was that a choice? And then you'll start to recognize the difference. Now, and this is this is something that that we'll probably bring up periodically. But it is very very important that you learn experientially, not just intellectually. I know you're listening to us talk right now and you might be going along and agreeing with us or not agreeing with us and drawing your own conclusions and and all that's fine. But experiencing it is going to be a whole different game. So when you look at things that you've already done, when you look at circumstances and you say, wow, is that a choice or is that a decision? You're going to learn something from that, that that I can't teach you by words and Nick can't teach you by words you're going to have the experience. And if you've already had an experience, it would be a shame for you not to have learned from it. So look back. But then take this forward then too and realize in any given moment, is it time for a decision or is it time for a choice? So, you know, and and you can look at it from two standpoints. Like, is this the time to do this or not? Um, the, the or not is important. Is this a bad time to make a decision? Is this a bad time to make a choice? You'll see stuff like that too. Sometimes that's the more important question. So, so for instance, (laughs) 
when when <clears throat> your when when your commitment to your boyfriend is in question now and you're thinking do I want to do I want to uh, play around with this other person that's not a good choice to make right now <laughs> you've already had a commitment you know if you're gonna get a, end a commitment and then move on to another commitment that's fine but this is this is how we get into trouble this is this is how we suffer we start we make choices at an inappropriate time and decisions when you make a decision at an inappropriate time it was what it ends up being is just a, a, a poorly executed choice but when you make choices at a bad time it can be really bad and you can I mean you can make career altering career ending choices probably can't make a career ending decision um, you know there's going to be some data there so it's going to tend to steer you in the right direction yeah, I mean, again, for, uh, as a as someone who's kind of struggled to get to grips with this, I I really like the idea of what you're describing there as of the experiential aspect of the learning of this. It's really just pay attention to um, to when you're making decisions and make, make when you're coming to cross pr crossword points, uh, mm -hmm. and and make, pay attention to whether what you're doing is making a decision, and whether you make a whether um, or whether you're making a choice and figure out what's appropriate and then amend, and if if it isn't, and it's this is kind of a thing that you have to settle into rather than that you can just. For me, I have to listen to this about ten times before this starts to sink in. But most most usefully, it's something to just go in and sink into everyday life, just apply it, and then it'll start to become um, more second nature. Right. I, I want to point this point out something too that that ties into our, our our last episode, just talking about scientists who are asking questions. It, it, what what you can do here is you're you're in an environment where you're being told to make decisions all day long, but every once in a while, if you can broaden your your perspective a bit and make a choice, that's where discovery is. That's where the asking of questions can be. So that, that's, that's what allows you to, to, to break out and, and look at things in a, in a broader sense. It's, it's a great opportunity for you. So it, you, you've probably gone along and at this point in, in your career, if, if you've made it this, this far that you know, you're a PhD bioscientist and you're working in a lab, I'm certain you're a good decision maker. You couldn't have got there if you hadn't gotten good at that. And you got good at that by experiencing it. So now I'm suggesting to you is start examining being a chooser. Start making more choices. Look at look for opportunities to make choices. And you'd be surprised how many you will find in the in the you know, the smallest of places. I'm not talking about necessarily choices that are gonna change everything about your life or your work, but there are going to be times when you're going, you know, I've always done it this way. What if I chose to do it a different way? Now, sometimes you'll do that and you go, oh, yeah, I see why I've always done it the other way. <laughs> you know, it was superior that way. But you learn something from that. And every once in a while, you realize, ooh, there's a new opportunity here. Yes, this is a little less precise, but it creates this opening of opportunity. So... You know, give yourself that that opportunity, that 
that chance of doing something more than just following the rules and checking the boxes because you know that's all that's all great decision making but when you make choices that's when you change things that's that's when you expand things so i i, I want to wrap up on one big question at the end of the day now i'm 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 offering this notion to you to make more choices in your life as opposed to decisions. In the past, if you ever had to explain a decision you've made, if you're good at decision making, you will likely have no trouble with that because you made your decision based on data and you got the data. But how do you explain a choice? <laughs> because it's not always so explainable and it might be more intuitive. You know, it's like it felt like the right thing to do. And you're like, wow, really? You're going to tell me it felt right. <laughs> <laughs> it was among your options. That's your answer. And yeah, you know, they, they, and here it is. It is your answer. What it comes down to then, are you going to have some confidence that you can make good choices? And, you know, it's a... It's almost like a bad joke in raising children where you tell our kids, make good choices, you know, <laughs> make good choices today. And we tell them to do that all the time. Well, and then we become adults, and especially if we become professionals with a capital P, we, we stop making choices. We'll go back to making choices. And go back. And if you, have ex if you give yourself some experience with it, you're going to build your confidence and you're going to know, I don't have chapter and verse to read to you about this but i know it's right and that's why i chose this and after a while when people see that and they see that one you're confident but two your choices work out because they tend to your choices will tend to work out if you've put in the work to get the experience and again that's not that hard to find data on <laughs> look around you at successful people and you're going to find that they do far more than make decisions. They make a lot of choices. So the if you want to be more successful, make more choices and fewer decisions. Still make good decisions, <laughs> but get choices in the mix. And, and it's going to improve your career. Yeah, I just realized that I got it wrong the early, earlier on when I said you should be making more decisions than choices. That was the wrong way around. No, no, no. That's that's correct. It's because because mostly they're not as important. There's a bunch of there's a zillion little decisions to make. I think I think you should make a little thing that says um, a little uh, flashcard type thing that shows what um, defines a choice and defines a decision. And uh, we could put it in the show notes. What do you think? I, I believe I've been tasked. <laughs> I accept this. I accept this mission. <laughs> I'm saying that because I want to print it out and put it in front of my desk so that it just sinks in once and for all. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. We'll, we'll come up with some kind of infographic on, on choices versus decisions and it'll help you know which is which and what's appropriate for the moment. But I know you can do this, folks. You've gotten good at decision making. I know that for certain. If you're listening to this podcast, I already know you're a good decision maker. So now let's get you to be a good chooser too and you can take it up a notch. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, I think that's a great place to wrap up, Ken. Yep. I don't think I really had much to add, but again, this is, this is a very much a topic that I feel, although we, again, as I said, we've been talking about it for a number of years. It's just one of these things that 
I just have to keep revisiting to, to get my, my head around. So that was more of an education than a contribution from me. <laughs> Nick, Nick is too modest, folks. He is living. He is living this experience. He makes choices all the time. I promise you. <laughs> well, probably subconsciously or, or not not consciously, but yeah, okay. I, I can, it's definitely <laughs> room for improvement there. I, I can tell for myself. So anyway, uh, we will wrap up there. And I just want to say before we go, a few things. Um, uh, if you have enjoyed this, please do a few different things. One. Uh, if you want to find the uh, the show notes, uh, which describe, uh, in which in this case you'll find the description, the the visual of what's the difference between a choice and a decision that Ken is going to make, we'll drop that into the show notes, which you can find on bitesizebio.com forward slash the happy scientist. Uh, go to episode fifteen, which is this one, and look into the show notes section, and you will find the link in there. Uh, also, if you find this stuff useful, please go back, if you haven't done so already, and listen to episodes one to nine. In there, we talk about the foundational principles of human needs, core mindsets, and charisma factors, which we refer to in this and other episodes. And really, from personal experience, I can say that absorbing that material will uh, change your outlook on life for the better, and, and uh, it'll give you a leg up. And... Then, if you want to uh, start applying the stuff that we talk about in these episodes, we can help you to do that at in the in the Facebook group for this uh, this project, which is facebook.com forward slash the Happy Scientist Club, all one word. If you sign up there, we will be dishing out uh, exercises and different perspectives and more granular perspectives on the uh, on the topics that we've been talking about here, so that you can take action towards implementing some of this stuff in your life. Um, And so thanks again, Ken, for another great episode. Thank you, Nick. And we'll see you all again next time. All right, bye now. Bye. The Happy Scientist is brought to you by Bite Size Bio, your mentor in the lab. Bite Size Bio features thousands of articles and webinars contributed by hundreds of PhD scientists and scientific companies who freely offer their hard-won wisdom and solutions to the Bite Size Bio community. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and want to keep learning practical tips on being a happy and successful scientist, don't wait any longer. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack today. And together, let's reignite that passion for science that first got you into the lab. Remember, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. So hit that subscribe button now and check the show notes to download.